Today is Thursday, November 18th. The title for our devotional is Story of Reconstruction, Power for Service. The way of Jesus to bring the kingdom of God is not through the acquisition and exercise of power, as we've talked about in this campaign, but through simple, humble service and sacrificial love towards others. Jesus makes that clear in the short conversation with his disciples. Mark 10, 35-45 says this, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, Teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. For our story of Reconstruction today, I sat down with Jim and Tia Alexander to hear their story of how they've interacted with power both in their career, but also in the church and in their family. All right, hey everybody. Um, For this conference week, uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different, and we are going to be going through a number of interviews throughout the week uh, with folks from the church, some people outside of the church as well, uh, on the topics that we have been talking about. We thought it'd be really cool to hear some different stories on some of these topics to, to help us get our minds around what we've been talking about and help us understand it in real world terms, in real life terms. So uh, today I'm here with Jim and Tia Alexander. So how are you guys doing? Great. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, Yeah, so our topic for today is on power for service, which we talked about in the campaign. And you guys have had some experiences, especially in your careers. So Jim, as someone who's worked in the business world for a long time and been in a position of authority and climbed the ladder of sorts within your company... How, how has the dynamic of power played out for you and service uh, and even in a position of power? How has that played out for you? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking, John. And I think the, the experience I've had either as an individual leader or as an individual contributor is that whenever you have a leadership stance of power, you can get some success, but it's always limited and it's never with full buy-in. It really doesn't last very long. And the people who are underneath that kind of a structure don't like being under that kind of structure. And so, whereas when you you hear the term a lot, servant leadership, or I'm a servant leader, or whatever, and I I think as long as that model is one of looking at the way Christ led, then there's a tremendous amount of effectiveness in that. I've, I've found that whenever I try to push things out of authority, 
versus out of, say, influence or love or joint trust just doesn't work very well and hurts people along the way. So I, I, that's just been my experience, and I've seen good examples and bad examples, and I've had successes and made a lot of mistakes myself <laughs> too. So that's just been what I've seen as one of the things that's most successful. Mm, that's really good. Thanks, Jim. And Tia, you've, you've experienced this as well, working as a teacher. Um, you've experienced the dynamics of working in a, a larger institution where there's you know, a lot of people, uh, leaders and people in authority and then teachers and students, and there's just a lot happening in that sphere. So can you kind of share some of your experiences with that? Sure. Um, as a teacher, there's a lot of teachers that are doing what they do because they really care about kids and they're ready to serve. You get the whole dynamics with administration, teachers, parents, kids, and sometimes that gets a little messed up when you're supposed to be a, a customer service organization. And service in that regard isn't always looking out for the best in anybody. If administrators want you to always say yes, as you would in retail or customer service, that's not necessarily the best for kids or parents. Um, it makes it really hard on teachers when you have no authority, no impact to say anything except yes. So the definition of service kind of gets messed up sometimes um, in certain environments where it's supposed to be customer service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of tough in that field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, feel like you're not serving anybody, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. You're not doing the best for what anybody needs. Yeah. So, Tia, let's keep let's keep uh, let's stick with you. <laughs> so you're currently working with the church to create opportunities for service. So let's kind of hone in on that idea of service and and how have you seen the opportunities, the the times when we are just serving people? How have you seen that represent Christ well? How have you seen that kind of take down barriers or just seen that be influential? And as the way that Jesus calls us to live, how have you seen that not just effectively work, but how have you seen it even just be the right way <laughs> to live? Uh, well, let's see, a couple examples. Uh, last year during the pandemic, Love was hurting for volunteers in the food pantry. And we stepped in with volunteers and helped them. And it just became an opportunity to serve our community, serve the people who work at Love. And we built trust with them just because they saw our heart was really to just to help in whatever way they needed us to, whether it was you know, going through moldy vegetables or moving pallets. But they just were encouraged by somebody coming in and saying, we have no ulterior motives. We just want to help you guys because we know this is hard right now. Um, and it really built a trust where they're like, hey, what do you guys think we should do? You know, so I would say that's one example of something we've done recently. And you were sharing earlier about the, uh, the Serve Sunday stuff, oh, yeah. some, of, some of the feedback you heard from that. So Serve Sunday, we've heard lots of great feedback. The people who served out at one of the houses, just helping somebody clean out and work on their house and the garage and the yard, people who did that, I think they got more out of it. It's better to give than receive. That was one of those cases where they were getting so much out of helping somebody in a very tangible way, you know, everything from moving heavy stuff to just being there together and building a relationship with people, helping someone. We heard positive things where people talked about in the community and people would respond like, wow, you actually put actions behind your words or behind your beliefs. And people just were shocked that the church, the Christians weren't just talking about what we should do, but we're doing what we needed to do, what we need to do for 
or people in our lives. Yeah, that's so good. That's what, uh, that's what James tells us. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers also. I think it's one of those cases where um, when we share our faith, yeah. if we have to mm-hmm. use words, but actions speak much louder than words a lot of times. Amen. We do that through service. That's right. So uh, how have you guys seen this dynamic kind of play out just generally in your non-professional world or even if you go to a professional example, just any other, any other examples that you have? I think it manifests itself a lot in families. Uh, it, it, sometimes you see a, a struggle for power dynamics within families, larger families, and it's, it's very similar to what we described in, before in the workplace. People might follow for a period of time or they might go along with it but they're really not bought in and they don't really, it doesn't really help the overall view uh, of the organization. I think that you've done a great job in the, in the series talking about the whole political dynamic, Christian nationalism kind of movement, et cetera. You know, I've had opportunities in my own family when the events, for example, of January 6th were happening. I had a sibling reach out to me who's not really active in her faith, but is usually curious and we have really good conversations she sent me something that kind of referred to the Evangelicals and Trump, you know, article, and it was a little left-leaning, and that was fine, uh, but she wanted to talk about it. She honestly could not understand the dynamics around it. She couldn't understand the message of Christ and how that went up against the message of some of the things that, that President Trump was saying. And so I, I'm not here to say that she was right and we we're all wrong and vice versa. The point of my bringing it up is that it's clear to a lot of people who are not Evangelicals and are looking at the church to see some of the things that have been happening and go like, that just doesn't sound right to me. That doesn't look right to me. We've rationalized it, I think, in many ways to a point where we've said, well, either, well, well, the left is doing it, so we have to do it. Or if we don't do it, they're going to take away everything. Or I'm not going to just sit here and watch all of my civil liberties get eroded. I understand that, and I think that that's probably a good thing. But I also think the real question is like, okay, but how are you going to do that? Because if we're going to do it in a Christ-like way, it's not that way, right? That's not what Jesus did when he was confronted with it. Everybody wanted him to cruise into Jerusalem and take power, and he didn't. And they wanted him to do a lot of things, and he didn't do them. And yet we still keep wanting to do them. And so I, I bring it up because, yes, it's a, it's a high-level thing, and we kind of talk about the they and the them. But this is within our families. This is within our neighborhoods. This is within our church. And I think it's incumbent upon us to at least be open to having those conversations and not, not be coming into them with a defensive posture, but be coming into them with a, hey, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you about that. It opens some doors for me, and I don't know where those doors will go, uh, my family, but I'm hoping I can walk through that well. Yeah, that's really good. It's important for us to all just like wrestle with how do we as followers of Christ engage with the political world when we are concerned about our civil rights being eroded. And at the baseline level, we have to at least consider how Christ would act in these situations and look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So you guys have have any other stories, any other examples or uh, any other situations that kind of illuminate this topic? I think um, service is just something that changes us more than anything. So when you are trying to either work with someone who's in power or be in power yourself, when you think about doing something out of service as opposed to out of authority, it changes how you do stuff. So, you know, in schools, I think the best thing I've seen in my experience is when everybody's 
trying to serve each other as opposed to tell or demand or it's that working together that really makes service work well mm-hmm. and looking out for each other. And I can say from the outside third party perspective, my aunt used to work with Tia <laughs> and she regularly tells me just how, like, how great of a person Tia is and just how, how wonderful it was to work with her. Tia was living this out and oftentimes hearing it from an a source, a third party that you weren't, you know, you weren't expecting it from is one of those like, quote unquote, when nobody was looking moments. And over the course of her career there, she's seen Christ lived out through you. So by serving other teachers, by serving your students, even, even serving administrators within the school, like others have seen that and noticed. And obviously that's not why we do it. We're living for Christ and just doing what is right with character. But I think that's a great witness and that's a great opportunity that you have just lived out the faith of Christ. So thanks for that to you. Oh, you're welcome. I forgot <laughs> I did work with your aunt. That yeah. was, that was great. Uh, yeah. We had a, a lot of fun at that school and working <laughs> together. It says a lot about your character. Yeah. Do you guys have any last words? Um, I guess I would, you know, we talked a little bit about family. I guess I would encourage parents to, have that servant heart and serve with their kids to bring them up that way. I know um, Mm -hmm. my dad had a servant's heart um, and would never say no to anybody. So he was always there helping. And I think we saw that growing up and it just, it rubs off and it's, it's impactful. So as parents, as you parent, parent out of love and service as opposed to just authority and then go serve in the community with your children so that they can develop that and see how it changes people and impacts people when you live your faith out that way. So good. Yeah. I think the opportunity that we have in front of us is great. I'm not one of these guys who thinks the sky is falling and it's all horrible. I do think there's a lot of things that are broken in our world, but that's the world that we're in. And if we think about the already not yet kingdom, like there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to do kingdom work right now. And I've been, you know, trying to listen to different songs and do different things along the way. And Matthew West has one that I can't think of the title of it right now. So I'm horrible at remembering titles. Basically he talks about the fact that, you know, he's, he's seeing all the broken things in the world and he's getting frustrated and he's calling out to God saying, God, why don't you do something? And God tells him, well, I did, I made you. So go do something. And I've been trying to take that to heart. I've been looking for ways to make a difference and to do something. And I think that as a church, if we take that mindset of stop making it somebody else's problem and stop just saying rants about it on social media, just get a mitt and get in the game and go do something. And it'll make a difference. Um, One small thing makes a big difference along the way. So that's what I've been trying to do. And hopefully we can do that as a church. That's awesome. I can't think of a better place to leave it right there. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us, John.